Hey everyone, welcome to episode 50 of the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. On today's episode, we have Dr. Mick Connors, the CEO and founder of Anytime Pediatrics. We're continuing our trend of really focusing in on telehealth companies, especially with everything going on. Super excited that this is episode number 50. Can't believe we're already 50 episodes in. Looking forward to continuing to bring you more episodes. Let's not waste any time. Let's bring on Dr. Connors. Thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for the invitation, Jerry. Absolutely. Well, let's let's really get right into it. Uh, I've been a fan of of your company for, for a little while now, ever since I heard about it. Um, you know, before we, we started this podcast, you and I were chatting. We have some mutual connections, and uh, I heard a lot from them before talking with you. And really excited to hear it from the source. Uh, I, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your background. I know our audience would really enjoy that, and I guess how it led up to Anytime Pediatrics today. Yeah, well, I'll try to give you the short version. I mean, obviously, we all have uh, interesting uh, past histories and how we how we get to places. But, you know, my background is as a pediatric emergency physician. So I've been a pediatric ER doc for a little over 25 years. Um, that passion really came from the, the fact that my brother passed away before I was born. And uh, he had pediatric cancer. And so I always thought that I would go into pediatrics and go, act, go into pediatric oncology. Um, but ironically, I, I did a, a rotation as a fourth-year medical student, and the first patient I saw was uh, was terminal and was dying of, of the cancer that he had. So I took a little pivot there and took that as a sign that uh, maybe I should do something differently as it hit so close to home. So I went into pediatric emergency medicine. Um, I did that for the first eight to ten years of my career, really involved in uh, child advocacy and injury prevention and those kind of things. And then I... Uh, started a pediatric sedation service. That was my first innovation, I guess, as a kind of an entrepreneurial endeavor. And what that is, is basically um, we set up uh, a way or a mechanism for kids to get care outside of the operating room. So we were either holding kids down in in early 2000s um, in the emergency department, or they were kind of going to the operating room for general anesthesia. And so my first entrepreneurial endeavor was really with, with that, and, it, and I tell folks that because it really relates to what I'm doing now in telemedicine, because we didn't uh, have new medications or, or drugs to use. What we really did was align a process to get the right patient to the right place at the right time with the right provider and really match what the patient needed with, you know, the sedation or distraction or the mechanisms we use to help alleviate their pain and suffering for procedures. Um, so the great part of that is I, I found myself back in the pediatric oncology area and we're, we were providing sedation for kids with, with cancer great to alleviate their pain and suffering. Um, and I was, uh, I sold that business and was recruiting the Connecticut children where I also uh, had a leadership role in finishing their population health um, in addition to helping them to sedation for And that was uh, kind of the way I, I thought my career was headed, but Connecticut was a little far away for friends and family and uh, so we decided to come back to Tennessee. And when we did, I went back to the medicine department. So I kind of left pediatric sedation and went back to my roots. So I hadn't done a pediatric ER shift in about uh, eight years. 
when I came back. And really what struck me uh, most remarkable was how many kids were, you know, no longer seeing the rise of uh, Teladoc and MD Live and some of these other companies coming with, uh, you know, with more um, telemedicine and, and care that really kind of kept kids away from their medical home, um, away from their pediatrician. You know, when I left eight years prior where I was talking to pediatricians, we were exchanging patients kind of back and forth and referring them. And, and uh, lo and behold, eight years later, I, we really had not had any real interactions. Um, so that's really how I came about looking at telemedicine. I'm certainly not a technology person. I'm a clinician. I'm a pediatric ER doc. And I'm really passionate about getting kids the best care. So I started to look at technology primarily as how could we use it to connect patients to their existing providers? Um, and could telemedicine work and, and could it help? And so I've really relied on my past history. I guess I'm realizing I'm a process thinker and you know, uh, when I think about how we align care and the continuity of care, it, it really is kind of like my sedation experience of how do you get the right patient to the right provider at the right time, you know, with what they need. And um, so that's what we've tried to do and why we developed kind of Anytime Pediatrics as kind of our first platform as a company, um, you know, our parent company essentially is Anytime Telehealth. But really the the whole idea behind it is is, again, how do you get patients connected to existing relationship, existing providers, and I think from my population health background, kind of foster those networks that, that currently exist, um, you know, with the focus on a, a, um, fostering those established relationships um, as well. So with the telehealth side of the business, you, you were actually ahead of everything going on with COVID-19 and, and getting that going, which is um, which is really exciting. How can you explain? Like, have you seen an uptick? Has it been just truly a crazy time for your business, given everything going on in the country right now? Yeah, I think we're kind of, you know, kind of humbled and blessed in the fact that, you know, I had kind of thought I didn't see a pandemic coming, but I certainly saw telemedicine coming, you know, at, at some point, just in, especially in the ability to kind of foster connections with, with local providers. So we were pretty well positioned when this hit. Um, and so, yeah, we've seen uh, astronomical growth in our company in the last six weeks. I think we've grown 1,500%, uh, some number like that. That's just kind of crazy to think about. And we see more and more growth and opportunity ahead. And, and it really centers around the fact that, you know, the pandemic has been a time where patients really need to stay home. Uh, they need to connect with their local providers. Uh, they need to be triaged before they're sent on to an urgent care or an ER. Um, so it's really a time that kind of uh, for old school kind of medicine, I guess, is the way some people thought about me, you know, before all this was like this would never happen and, and patients would just continue to drive for convenience and go to the easiest place. But um, so we were pretty well positioned, you know, to help um, and to help pediatricians now that are struggling to stay connected to their patients and make sure they're getting well care, getting sick care, getting their behavioral health and mental health care, um, you know, with the providers that they know and trust. So our kind of model was a little, is a little bit unique, but in this situation, it actually has created a lot of interest and we've been able to help uh, quite a bit, which has been, you know, both fun and exciting, but also humbling because there's so much going on in our, in our crazy world right now. And are you still actively seeing patients, you personally? 
so I was up until the, the pandemic uh, in March and April. I, I still do locums, so I've been doing six to eight shifts uh, a month at, at various hospitals. Um, but um, with the pandemic and, and when it hit, they, uh, they uh, um, kind of took me off the schedule in the sense that they had local providers that, that wanted to provide that care. And, you know, ER visits, especially in pediatrics, has gone down uh, substantially. So I haven't done uh, an ER shift here in March or, or April. Okay. What, now, how, how much, I guess, either fun or how interesting is it to you um, this is a question we get or um, a topic that is often discussed with a lot of the audience and just people in healthcare in general. How do you like that transition from maybe, you know, being totally clinical to now like running this business and running this business for a while now? How do you like the business side of it being a, a healthcare professional? Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a really interesting uh, mix. And, and I faced this when I sold my sedation practice back in 2012 and it was a time where I was like, gosh, do I go into business and become a business person or do I go into, you know, all clinical? And that, I chose to go to Connecticut Children's because, you know, they really offered me the opportunity to continue to be a doctor and not do the business side. I, I certainly like and am interested in the business side, but that was attractive to me. Interestingly enough, within six months of getting to Connecticut, um, there was financial struggles in the hospital. Uh, docs didn't really understand how to run a business or how to bill or code or do those kind of things. So that's how I was kind of thrust back into service lines and clinical integration. And so I think it's, it's kind of like going back to being in the academics, which I was at Connecticut Children's, where you're not necessarily the hands-on provider, but you get so much uh, reward out of educating, you know, residents and teaching them. Um, and, and the same is true with sedation. I mean, be able to see you know, kids no longer get held down or get pinned down and really streamline process and flow so kids get the best care and it's best for the providers and, and the patients. There's just so much reward and satisfaction in that. And so I don't think of myself necessarily, I struggle with the idea that I'm a businessman or a vendor. I really, I really still see myself as a, as a physician that's focused on innovation that's, you know, really the mission is the same. It's like, how do we, how do we continually improve care? How do we get better care for kids and for patients? And so you can do that certainly hands-on, one-on-one with each patient, but it's certainly rewarding right now to feel like we're impacting pediatric care and, and really uh, offering that ability for their pediatricians to be able to offer that care on, on just such much a, you know, so much larger a scale. Um, so I find that reward part of it, um, uh, maybe even greater than taking care of patients one-on-one. -on -one. There's certainly uh, there's certainly a great uh, reward to that, but I get a lot of reward from hearing from pediatricians how much they like our technology and our platform, how it's helping them connect with their patients and save their practice. And we also do a little patient satisfaction survey as part of our, and it's just, it's just so great to see all the comments about how I love my doctor. I'm so glad I could connect with my doctor via telemedicine. So I think there's uh, there's different rewards, but I still find it very similar in the sense that we kind of have the same mission. You know, the, my mission is in becoming a doctor. My mission now in in running this business are are pretty well aligned to get patients connected to the right care at the right time with the right provider. And and, and even if that's not me, if that's the the best provider that they can see and it's their provider, that's and just as or more rewarding. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. This is one of the topics too that uh, we have a that our one of our mutual connections, uh, Michael Gorton, the founder of Teladoc, 
said on a recent podcast with me was it you know kind of it took a pandemic to like telehealth was always growing but it took that this pandemic to really like explode the growth and um i mean if if there's any positives out of this right i think the fact that we're moving towards um telehealth being more common in our just our healthcare you know process as a patient right like as our first option of i don't feel well I'm going to use telehealth services in order to kind of diagnose, um, you know, see what, see what's wrong. Yeah. And I think really that what I see is the true positive is, is not just the telehealth as a technology, uh, but that technology being used to connect patients with their local providers and their local networks of care. Um, you know, if you look at healthcare globally, I mean, the only way we've ever lowered healthcare costs, um, and improved outcomes is through, you know, primary care and a medical home and continuity of care. And so I think there might be a silver lining in this because really the holdup to telehealth and telemedicine was the fact that, you know, providers, uh, physicians, clinicians were very reluctant to do telemedicine for a variety of reasons. But this has really kind of pushed them to do it. And now you hear from them, gosh, all I can do, and I, I like it, and I can see my patient, and I can stay connected, and it's more efficient for me and for them. So I think the real, the real plus here is not just focused on kind of, well, now we have technology, but it, it's how the technology is used. So, you know, and that's why I think Michael Gorton has been such a phenomenal mentor for me and advisor over the last couple of years, because, you know, I always ask him, I mean, he's, he's a pioneer in telemedicine, and when we got introduced uh, or he had interest in our company, I asked him, you know, why? Um, because we were certainly small and kind of an idea stage a couple of years ago. And, and he said he really felt like what we were doing and the, uh, and the, the mission and the vision of, of using technology to connect with one's own provider was something that was going to happen and was going to, was going to come. And, and I think that's what's, that's what we're seeing happening now. So the technology has been there. Um, you know, the technology hasn't changed. I think there's a lot you can do with video and different devices and those kind of things. But I think what this pandemic has done and hopefully, uh, but is, is probably helped people recognize the value of primary care and connecting with their doctors. And, and if there's some barrier to that, that they need to overcome that to be able to foster those and continue those relationships. So, you know, my focus, you know, when I started this was always how do we use it to connect? And not disconnect because I think fragmenting care is is not overwhelmingly helpful. I think it's uh, it's these relationships and the continuity of care that's the most important. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it, also one of the, the funny things that Michael was saying when he was on the podcast was he was just talking about how hard it was to get physicians to, to buy into like using telehealth services back then when he first started teledoc and he's like versus now there's so many patients on there everyone's trying to uh, sign up and um, be able to see patients through telehealth now which is uh he said it's great like it's but it, it was even the growth of where it is now um he didn't even imagine it was it was going to get um it, it, as big as it is at this point and it's only going to oh yeah to get there yeah, i think it's it's, I think it's crazy. I mean, two months ago, I had I had pediatricians still kind of like chuckling under their breath at me or saying that telemedicine was bad medicine or they would never do it, you know, never, ever, never, um, you know, 
three years ago when I gave a talk, I think they, they, they nearly walked me out of the room talking about <laughs> telemedicine. <laughs> but even a couple months ago, and it's been interesting because I, I had a lot of unanswered emails that turned into text messages uh, in the last few weeks. Hey, Mick, can, how can we get on your platform? How can we get on quickly? What can we do? Um, you know, we need this. How quickly can we get it? Whereas, you know, a few months ago, it's like, yeah, I'll get back to you, you know, in a year, year and a half. And, you know, when this, you know, if this ever happens. So, you know, there's been a variety of things. I, th I think certainly payment is big. We need that payment to continue, especially to uh, to physicians and clinicians that are offering that continuity of care. That's been a big change. I think that's expedited things. But I think we also see, you know, uh, what Michael has seen and I have seen um, certainly after in the last few years that this technology is, is good. I mean, people have smartphones now. There's good video. There's good uh, ways to exchange pictures and chat and message and, and stay connected um, in a way that doesn't have to overwhelm the provider. I mean, that's our focus in our platform is, is kind of like sedation. You know, I didn't focus on, you know, the video. I mean, the video certainly is important. Um, but like when we practice procedural sedation in kids, um, it wasn't about the medications. That was like the last 10% of what we did. The first 90% was, you know, how do we get, how do we get the patient engaged and how do we get them to the right place at the right time with the right provider before all that happens? And so that's always been our focus, which I think is, uh, is certainly good now. And certainly as people innovate and figure out how to use telemedicine even more, you know, those workflows, that ability to adjust, you know, how they use it, when they use it, um, is really important uh, to practices and certainly spurring our growth as well. Absolutely. Cool. Well, I, I would like to kind of just close out by what are, you know, based on what you can share, what's, what's kind of next for Anytime Telehealth? Uh, what are you thinking kind of... At, it sounds like the growth, at least, especially in the time being, is not going to stop. Um, what are you most excited about, I should say, um, moving forward in, throughout 2020 and heading into 2021, seeing how we're already yeah. almost halfway through the year? <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the thing that's most exciting for us as a company is that we've really been able to ramp pretty quickly because we had a solid product and a solid foundation. But we still feel, you know, both from a personnel and a technology standpoint that we're kind of at our infancy. and so. There's just so much, as we call it, green grass ahead. There's so much opportunity. Um, you know, we have a very unique platform. It, it's not, like I said, focused on just the video visit or a click video. It's There's really so much opportunity as, as we look at just within our own platform with the uh, different features and functions that we have or around just a lot of different variables that uh, can be customized easily to a practice of any type. And, you know, we also have interest from payers and we have interest from adults. Uh, or a different from different uh, areas as well. So I think the most exciting thing is we continue to focus on fostering these local relationships. And as that interest continues to grow, you know, we're really going to be able to do that. And whether that's commercial payers, uh, Medicaid, underserved populations, I mean, all those things, you know, are really exciting. I mean, I think the Medicaid population for me is another area where I just want to see if we can impact uh, because these are the folks that uh, don't often have access to their medical home. They don't have transportation. They often have, you know, uh, don't, aren't getting their well visits and they have uh, issues with chronic conditions. So telehealth is such a huge opportunity. And that's something what we really are exploring because, you know, how do we get them smartphones or broadband or, 
you know, makes that platform so easy that they can use it and get, get them connected to, to the right provider. Because I think that's a huge uh, opportunity for a population that really struggles and, um, you know, is such an important piece of our healthcare system. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I know things have been crazy busy lately, so I'm glad we were able to find a time to get you on. And, uh, you know, I look forward to staying in touch with you and following uh, Anytime Telehealth and how you continue to, to grow the company. Yeah, thanks, Jared. I really appreciate the opportunity. It's been great to, to talk with you. And these are ex exciting times. And I think, you know, it's fun to see uh, all these innovations, including the work that you do and others, to kind of come together because I think we'll find a lot of uh, synergies and collaborative efforts that will really, um, you know, maybe may even give us optimism that we can reform our, our crazy healthcare system into something a little more effective and uh, cost effective and, and better for patients uh, and, and physicians. Yeah, it was, it was actually really, um, what was it the other day? Amazon had a, uh, they were releasing some more information and Jeff Bezos used the, uh, uh, it was a Dr. Seuss quote is something, uh, I have it up here because it's, it's interesting. When something bad happens, you have three choices. You can either let it define you, let it destroy you or let it strengthen you. And I think that's what this time does, especially in healthcare, right? We're really thinking outside the box and uh, it'll, it'll definitely create a lot of uh, innovation. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I think it'll strengthen us, especially we, I, we also recognize now we're all connected, right? <laughs> so, you know, a virus will let you know that all these close contacts that you have and everything in your life is uh, interconnected. So we, we recognize we have to take care of each other. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I've noticed I, <laughs> I've met more people who I was connected, you know, whether it was a second or third type connection, just um, people are, it's actually been easier to network now than, than before. Because I feel like people are able to get more done kind of working from home in many, many instances, so they can carve out that space to chat on a weekend or, you know, Friday afternoon, which is, which is great. But, well, yeah, yeah. thank well, you I so think, much. I, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I think it's, uh, it's all about relationships, right? I think that's what this, this teaches us that, you know, when things get tough, the, the lives are probably the most important thing. So uh, hopefully we can all hold on to that uh, as we get back to crazy busy lives and, and getting distracted with all the other things we usually have. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to throw in the, the links to your social media links and link to your website in the show notes. So that will be included and really look forward to for people being able to hear this and learn more about your company because it's, it's really cool what you've built and will continue to build. Hey everyone, I wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Block Health. Block Health is unlocking healthcare professional data, making it easily shareable. They want to make life easier for healthcare professionals and organizations so that they can focus on tasks like providing the best care possible to patients. Block Health leverages their smart universal common application and blockchain technology to streamline many of the tasks that healthcare professionals and organizations must engage in like primary source verification, provider enrollment, state licensing, state license renewals, DEA registration, DEA renewals, and much more. They do all of this through their easy to use platform. 
If you would like to learn more about Block Health, please check out their website at www.blochealth.com. Thanks. Thank you to everyone that listened to this week's episode of the Slice of Healthcare podcast. If you'd like to check out more of our podcasts, we're available on all the major podcast channels. And you can check us out on our website, www.sliceofhealthcare.com. And that'll have all of our past guests on there. Uh, you can see our sponsors and you can learn more about actually becoming a guest. Thanks and look forward to another episode next week.